coffee cuplets, they don't grow on trees and you just need to harvest them. It's actually an industrial process, which means you need energy, you need water, chemicals, uh, catalysts. So they still have got quite a large impact on the environment. So there is a definite advantage of using seaweed as a source of bioplastic. So it has the potential to improve the bioplastic market and contribute hugely to the bioeconomy. Plastic. It's a dirty word these days. Plastic pollution wreaks havoc on wildlife, disrupts ecosystems, and is even trapped in our soil and waterways and very bodies in its microscopic form. But what role can bio-based plastics play in helping reduce our plastic-based problems? In this episode, we're talking about bioplastics, what solutions they bring, what purposes they can serve, and whether they live up to the promises they offer. You're listening to Think Sustainability. I'm Sophie Ellis. But firstly, what is a bioplastic? So bioplastics is a generic term. Um, it's a bit of a broader term, but a simple explanation is, uh, is uh, bioplastics are derived from plant-based sources. Unikrishnan Kuriam Parambul is the chemistry lead at the University of Technology Sydney's climate change cluster. Uni explains that there is some confusion in the classification or definition of bioplastics. The term bioplastic and biodegradable plastic are often used interchangeably. However, the two are not always one and the same. Not every bioplastics are biodegradable. People tend to use that interchangeably, but when you hear the term bioplastic, not necessarily that means they are biodegradable. I mean, there has been regulations or or calls for uh, much more regulation in this space because uh, it could be tricky and there are industries which kind of get around with this ambiguity in the in the definition. So it's important that uh, what the term bio-based or this bioplastic refers to when we are really talking about it. Professor Leonie Barner, Director at the Centre for Waste-Free World at Queensland University of Technology, similarly wants to clear up this confusion around bioplastics and biodegradable plastics. We actually need to talk about bio and plastic. The um, prefix bio is a bit confusing because the bio can relate to the source of the material. So it can be um, a bio-based source that is used to produce a biopolymer, but it can also relate to um, the biodegradability of a material. And bioplastic is actually not the same as biopolymer, which is also often used because bioplastic is a polymer plus additives. And to make things even more complicated, there are bioplastics that are bio-based and biodegradable. But then there are also uh, bioplastics that are bio-based but non-degradable. And then we even have got fossil-based polymers that are biodegradable. So it's it's really a little bit confusing, uh, but we need to be aware of that. 
The classification or definition of a bioplastic is clearly more complicated than one may think when you see the word on the label of a drink bottle or a plastic bag. The confusion surrounding the term is further complicated by the fact that biodegradable is not a regulated label. As Leone explains, there's no period of time in which a plastic has to break down in order to be labelled biodegradable. So if biodegradable is maybe not the most helpful term, what then is? The term biodegradable is not very well defined. So it's actually better to um, talk about compostability of a material. Biodegradation can also take hundreds of years. So the difference in, uh, between biodegradable and compostable, there's actually an Australian standard about home compostability and industrial compostability. And um, a material that can be called home compostable has to fully degrade in a compost within a certain amount of time. And if it doesn't fully degrade, then it can't be called home compostable. And the same is true for the industrial compostability. So there's also an Australian standard. There has to be a clear labeling for compostable, not for biodegradable. So biodegradable doesn't say anything about how long it will take to degrade that plastic in a through natural process. So if some product has a statement um, which says it's biodegradable, that's not useful at all. Creating compostable plastics is still a relatively new technology. These bio-based plastics can be developed from a whole range of sources, like corn or sugarcane. Each of these sources bring different properties and therefore different purposes. Uni and his team at the Climate Change Cluster at UTS are currently developing bioplastics from algae. A solution, he says, could revolutionise the bioplastic space. So the seaweed offers um, a very rich biochemical composition. So it's very high in proteins, it's very high in carbohydrates. So we can make use of this chemical composition of seaweed uh, to produce bioplastics. The other advantage is uh, in the mass production of seaweed. It can uptake greenhouse gases due to its rapid growth and uh, it's highly efficient in carbon fixing as well. So you've got a sustainable source with which you can generate a bioplastic material. But Uni says developing a bioplastic has its challenges. So the alkyl biomass composition actually varies from algae to algae. So we need to find the right candidate. That's our, our first tick for us. We also need to consider the environmental impacts which these materials can create. Or, For example, do they end up producing or accumulating uh, any harmful substances or harmful gases or which, will they contribute negatively to the environment? So that's something which we have to consider while we do the formulation. And the important thing is it doesn't compete with the food sources. So you don't need an arable land to grow these algae. And uh, unlike the other biomasses which are used for uh, producing bioplastic, you don't have to grow them by, uh, say, by feeding them fertilizers or using pesticides. 
The team are also working to create blended bioplastic materials using algae. Uni says that while we can't fully yet replace petroleum plastics, we can reduce their carbon footprint. We've got two approaches here. One is collecting the seaweed and then uh, extracting the material of interest from the seaweed. Uh, the other approach is um, directly infusing the seaweed into existing biopolymers. So right now we are focusing on um, algae-based blends, composites, which will have application in the field of uh, packaging, food industry, and uh, biomedical engineering. So we are not compromising on the properties of the biodegradable polymers, but at the same time we are reducing the carbon load. Obviously, these biodegradable polymers will be coming from, say, petroleum sources or other sources. So we're definitely reducing the carbon sources by, say, incorporating, say, 5 or 10 or 20 percentage of uh, algal material into these. However, some experts say that bioplastics, like many sustainable innovations, may promise more than they actually deliver. Professor Leonie Barna says the importance of considering bioplastics in the broader context of our plastic system is crucial. There's no recycling of bioplastics in Australia. If you have a look at the, the national recycling reports um, for plastics, bioplastics are in the report as a category and the recycling rate is zero. They are a high value product and therefore it's actually important to find ways how we can recycle um, bioplastics. If we want bioplastics to be a useful solution to reducing plastic waste, she says we have to be aware that just like other plastics, they come with an environmental price tag. Composite materials are very difficult to recycle because you, you have mixed different components together and you almost can't um, separate them. And I think it's also very important to understand that I know bio sounds very nice, but we need to be aware of the fact that, for example, producing PLA, it's still an industrial process. Coffee couplets, they don't grow on trees and you just need to harvest them. It's actually an industrial process, which means you need energy, you need water, chemicals, uh, catalysts. So they still have got quite a large impact on the environment. If you use bio-based sources for PLA that you grow for the purpose of producing PLA, then you also have got land use and you need pesticides and you need um, fertilizers. So even biopolymers can have a huge impact on the environment. In the case of algae-based bioplastics, Orni says they avoid some of this hefty environmental cost. Compared to the other biosources of biomass, like wood or corn or anything else, algae are cheap, easy and quick to grow. When talking about seaweed bioplastic, we are also referring to, say, reduction of carbon dioxide emission, uh, minimizing deforestation, limited freshwater consumption, no fertilizer or harmful pesticides, etc., So there is a definite advantage of using seaweed as a source of bioplastic. So it has the potential to improve the bioplastic market and contribute hugely to the bioeconomy. 
If growing bio-based sources specifically for creating bioplastics is not the green and clean solution it's sometimes presented as, how then can bioplastics actually be useful? Well, I think it's a very good idea to use agricultural waste to produce biopolymers because then you make a very good use of waste and you actually produce something of higher value than just putting the waste into landfill or, or burning it. So I think that's a, that's a very good way to go forward, using agricultural waste to produce high-value products. Creating circular economies and utilising pre-existing industries could be an effective way of employing this technology. Uni and his team at the Climate Change Cluster are working to achieve just that. Yeah, the, the CV Tech project is a collaborative project with Cost4C, funded by Julius Baer Foundation. So with this project, we uh, aim to empower the local communities to manage their marine plastic pollution. So we're looking into developing a, a, a novel zero-waste green chemistry to produce um, seaweed-based bioplastics. The project is aiming to ease a handful of problems faced by seaweed farmers in the Philippines. But Uni stresses that for the project to actually benefit these farmers, it's essential that the solution is simple. Our aim is to make a process which is straightforward as possible so that the farmers can directly implement this technology. Say you don't need to be a net scientist or a net technical person to, 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 to perform this. So the, the advantage is um, the farmers can actually sell their partially processed uh, seaweed material or this precursor molecule to new supply chains at a bit more higher value. So with this community, right now, the material they are selling out is uh, raw seaweed. So it will be advantageous for them to go to a one step higher. So that will give an economical benefit to them. At the same time, um, it's also an opportunity to manage their marine plastic pollution. So what kind of products might you actually be able to make from this algae-based bioplastic? So from seaweeds, uh, our primary target is uh, producing uh, soft plastics. Mainly our focus is on, on packaging. Although Professor Leonie Barna is sceptical that bioplastics could be a realistic and helpful solution to reducing plastic waste, she describes that there are certainly applications where bioplastics can fill a need. I don't think it will be possible in short, medium or even long term to switch completely to bioplastics because there are some plastics that we are using now that have got specific uh, properties that you probably never ever be able to, to substitute with uh, bioplastics. There are certain types of applications where they are very useful. So, for example, when you go to the shop and you buy avocados or uh, oranges, you very often have got these plastic stickers on the fruits. A lot of people don't peel them off when they put the um, avocado skin into their compost or into their bio-waste bin because they are made out of plastic. Well, you contaminate your organic waste. So, 
yeah, it would be good if they would be uh, compostable because then we wouldn't have the contamination with these plastic stickers and they degrade after a while. And then we have got microplastic and, you know, microplastic, we all talk about microplastics at the moment um, and they're everywhere. So, yeah, that's a good um, application for biodegradable plastic. Also having compostable bags uh, for organic waste is good. I think that's a very good application as well. For Uni, bioplastics are an exciting possibility in the effort to change our dependence on traditional petroleum plastics. I mean, this could be a bit of an um, ambition at the moment, but uh, we anticipate that we can replace some of these uh, building materials with algae-based materials. The impact bioplastic will make in the next five to ten years will be huge. I'm sure that uh, consumers will be convinced of the significance of moving into a more sustainable source for their daily needs, particularly with the usage of plastics. Yes, I believe consumers will be playing a huge role into the future of the bioplastic in the next few years. Leonie Barna, on the other hand, is not so sure. To be honest, from a personal point of view... I actually don't want bioplastic to play a bigger role because we don't have the collections possibilities for bioplastic. Hopefully in 10 years, yes, perhaps. But at the moment, they are not recycled. So I don't want them (laughs) to increase. I don't want the volume to increase as long as we are not able to collect them separately and recycle them. For Leone, reducing our plastic waste problem is not about the material itself. It's about the people that use it. Us, our behaviour and our habits are the cause of so many of our problems with plastic. And equally, it can be the solution. I think what we really need to understand is a lot of the problems that we have because of plastic is actually not caused by the properties of the plastic. It's actually caused by our behavior. So, for example, if you think about littering, I mean, that's not a property of the uh, material. It's us human beings littering. Here in in Queensland, we just had the ban for certain types of single-use plastics. Some of these items are sometimes um, littered. Yeah, so therefore, of course, it's good if if a plastic straw is not littered anymore. But now, um, if people don't change their behavior, they will just litter a different type of material. So in all these problematic base of waste, a lot of problems arise from our behavior. And we need to change our behavior. Think Sustainability is made possible with the support of 2SER Radio, the University of Technology Sydney, and is heard around Australia on the Community Radio Network. Think Sustainability is made in Sydney, which sits on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. You can subscribe to Think Sustainability wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sophie Ellis. Thanks for your company.